Welcome everyone to another episode of So Over Wrestling. This week was a pretty rough week for the WWE Universe. There was a few deaths that I would like to take a moment and mention. Wrestler King Kong Bundy has passed, as well as Mr. Yamaguchi, who was the manager to Kai and Tai back in the day during the Attitude Era. And also, which may seem unrelated, but it's related in a way, was actor Luke Perry suffered a massive stroke and passed as well. He uh, really supported the WWE Universe for many years. Uh, his son is actually a wrestler for AEW now. He goes by the name of Jungle Boy. So I would like to take a minute and do a 10-ring salute in their memory. And after that, we will kick the show off. So, moment of silence for the Fallen. Rest in peace, gentlemen. Now, on to the show. So over wrestling. Wrestling fans, to another episode of So Over Wrestling. I'm Luke Barnes, and with me tonight is Tex. How are you doing, Tex? Yeah, hello. I'm doing just fine. Great. Let's go ahead and jump on into Raw. I wrote some notes down on that, and a pretty interesting week. Um, you know, I liked SmackDown the most this week, and I can't wait to get to that. Raw really wasn't that bad, though. It opened up with uh, Roman coming back. And telling everybody how he wants to get the band back together and he wants to get the shield back together. So it was pretty inevitable that Dean Ambrose was going to, of course, join back by the end of the show. Um, they pretty much played the whole night off of will, will Dean Ambrose join them? Will he not join them? Um, tonight at Fast Lane, they have a match. Not really sure where they're going to go with this, if this is going to be a one offer or if they're going to keep it going. What have you heard anything on this text? Uh, no, I haven't, but I don't really know how they could. The next, you know, in the next events, WrestleMania, and Rollins is pretty much booked for that already. What I could see them doing is a Ambrose versus Reigns feud to put Reigns over on the way out, on Ambrose's way out. Well, you know, I don't really care much for Dean Ambrose, but. I I could still see there being a use for him, and with Roman Reigns being back, I think the best way to get Roman over right now is to not shove him down everybody's throats like Vince likes to do. Instead, you know, bringing the Shield back together would be a good idea, but I don't I don't think that's necessarily going to happen. Plus, as you stated before, Rollins is actually really better off by himself. 
super boom. Well, other than the shield information, which really wasn't, like I said, you, you knew it was coming by the end of the show, so it really wasn't that surprising. Um, Ricochet and Aleister Black had a match against the Revival. They, you know, I do like them tag teaming. They just don't make sense to tag team together. But they are really pushing them hardcore because they ended up winning that tag team match. And it's it's almost, though, to the point where it's too predictable. Like, you know it's going to end with Aleister Black doing a black mass kick. So, as much as I enjoy that move, it's already starting to get too predictable. So, I look forward to seeing what they're going to do with them in the future. But I don't know if they're going to just leave them up for WrestleMania and, like, have them permanently called up or if they're still going to do their gig over in NXT. Um, really not sure what they're going to do with them. What are your thoughts on that right now, Tex? Well, I don't know what the overall plans for them are. Um, Black and uh, Ricochet are teaming in the Dusty Rhodes Classic, which, you know, we'll talk about later when we get to NXT. Uh they really don't make much sense as a tag team. It's, it's like, hey, these two guys were called up. Let's just throw them together. And really, they're both more than good on their own, you know. Uh, I don't really think it has much of a, a leg. But I don't know how long it'll go on, at least through the classic probably, which actually probably ends this week. It, it does end this week, I believe, because they have, uh, which, you know, I really didn't write down all the information on, on as far as NXT-wise, but they do have the semifinals this week. Uh, yeah. And another thing to remember, uh, not to get too spoiler in NXT, is uh, uh, Ciampa's hurt now as well. So yeah. those guys might be and for the... And that so early, you didn't know about his injury yet, so... I don't know what they're going to do with Johnny Gargano and him because uh, maybe I could see them coming out and getting uh, losing, maybe. Like a well, I've read the spoilers for that, which I won't spoil here. Right. Tune in Wednesday nights on the WWE Network. Just a little plug there. Yeah. Uh, nice. But they had the story built out. That's all I'll say. But, of course, things are going to have to change now. Mm-hmm. So, And I think that Gar not just Gargano, but Ricochet and Black will both have to play into that. Yeah. Well, following that match with Revival and Ricochet um, went into another Elias segment, and man, I'm I'm a mark for Elias, I can't help. I, I really enjoy his character. Um, he, uh, yeah, his gig is always the same gig, but man, I think it's funny. Um, but as he come out with a guitar on Raw, Lacey Evans comes strutting out. I'm about over this Lacey Evans crap. I'm telling you right now, and I can't wait for WrestleMania to come and go and be done so we can just deal with this Lacey Evans thing because it it's just making everybody go, what, what the heck is this? I, I just feel like it's too much of an Emma thing or even Marie, and I just, I'm about over it, so... Hopefully, they'll get some kind of a closure with that soon or at least get the ball rolling on that because I'm tired of just seeing her walk out and walk back in and everybody go, what the hell was that? But after she walked out and did her little thing, <coughs> then Dean Ambrose came out basically saying he wanted a rematch with uh, Drew McIntyre uh, for screwing him over, and that's when Elias uh, – let me see, did he hit him? No, he didn't hit him yet. Um, but he went to hit 
Dean Ambrose with his guitar, and Dean Ambrose, of course, did Dirty Deeds, and, well, so ended that segment. So that really wasn't that impressive of a segment, but it is what it is. Then they brought out... Can I say something about Lacey Evans real quick? What's that? They picked a very weird time to start that storyline with... I mean, the feud for the SmackDown Women's title, it's not really set yet. But the, the Raw one is, and there was just really nowhere to go with the story until after WrestleMania. So I, I really don't know why they decided to do that just now. Um, it's very odd to me. Yeah. I, I, but then again, they're, they're trying. I don't know if it's the, the new creative because they're trying a lot of different things right now. That's kind of odd. I mean, normally they do their NXT call-ups after WrestleMania and, to about a month, a little more than a month ahead of time, start pulling people up. It's kind of interesting. I don't know what they're uh, what they're doing. I, I like it though. I'll tell you that much. It's just usually when they've done that before, they've at least had a, a storyline. I mean, Black and uh, Ricochet, they at least have some kind of storyline. I, I really don't know what they're doing with her at all. Kind of the same with the uh, Heavy Machinery. Although they finally gave them some character this past week, too. Yes, so they did. They did very much so. Um, but, um, oh, by the way, I have to tell you, I got off track on my notes there. That Ricochet match was last week. And Elias did, uh, um, and the thing with Elias, he came out again. And he actually got Dean Ambrose with the guitar this time. So, um, yeah, that, that actually happened this week. So, oops, I goofed. Anyway. Hey, at least you take notes. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? But the only note I made this week was uh, I was going to point out that we talked about the Riot Squad twice, three times last week, and I made not a single inappropriate comment about Liv Morgan. So, well, yay on me. You're, you are so true about that, but night ain't over. Oh, and by the way, everybody, happy Super Mario Day. Oh, March 10th is Super Mario Day. Yeah, so I'm going to have to make sure I uh, get that out on Facebook before it is March 11th. So, um, after the guitar segment with Elias and him hitting Dean, they had a triple tag match. And this match, I can just sum it up with a meh. It was Baron Corbin, uh, Lashley, Drew McIntyre versus Kurt Angle, Braun Strowman, and Finn Balor. Um, McIntyre, Corbin, Lashley ended up winning that match, but to me it was nothing really, no holy crap moments, nothing really amazing. I mean, there were some good moves. Um, overall, it was just subpar as far as I'm concerned. Oh, but uh, well, I do see where the next match was. Natalia versus Ruby Riot. Um, this had to, had to get you going, didn't it, Dex? I, I just I and I like Natalia, don't get me wrong, but what good does having her squash uh Ruby Riot do? Especially with the squad at ringside. And and it was a clean clean pin too. And I'm not a Natalia fan, you know this. Uh I, I just she she's kind of boring to me. And then when she does come out and tries to act like she's better than everyone, um, it just she uh Really, really, she doesn't sell it for me. I really don't care for Natalia. But when I seen her, well, at this point, Natalia, right? I was like, "What the heck?" 
at this point, Natalia should be the one that people beat to get themselves more credibility. Oh, absolutely. And, and, and I know that she still has to get some wins here and there because of that. So she is credible. But a squash match, a squash win over Ruby Riots, asinine. Now, now, if she would have got a clean pin over, uh, uh, oh, what's her name, Sarah Logan, I've been down with that. Well, yeah, she's not the leader of a faction, you know. She just that would make sense because, in a way, they're kind of on the same level. Maybe I mean Natalia would have definitely been higher, but I think that would have been a better, better deal than to squash Ruby Riot. So. Because as it stands, uh, Liv and Sarah Logan, they should be, you know, and, and I know there's time to flesh it out. They should be in the running for the women's tag belt, and I really think they should have moved them to SmackDown. And because Ruby versus Asuka, Asuka, right, would have been for WrestleMania, and she really doesn't have an opponent now. No, but and, and, I tell you who I'd like to see just go nuts and and hold a belt. I don't care which one. But I re- I still believe in Nikki Cross. Remember that uh, I I was telling you about the show where uh, Albert Jason Bloom invites people yeah. into his office and scares them. Yeah, he got Nikki Cross this week. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, you need to start posting that on the the Facebook group. Um, I'm gonna have hopefully by the end of this week. I think our actual official webpage should be up and running, and then I would say within. I'd give it five days, if not less, after it's up and running. They should all of our episodes should be fully available on Stitcher, Google Play, iTunes, uh, Podbean. Um, it should be ready to go. So I'm actually really wow. excited about that, and I look forward to seeing a lot of your posts. <sighs> Moving on, um, after. Lacey Evans walks out from like after there's a clean pin and Natalia was walking to the back locker room. Lacey Evans walks out. She went with the sharps, didn't she? Uh, I'm going to yeah, here. I think, so. I think so. But but as right. Natalia is walking up stage to walk out, then Lacey Evans <clears> comes out and does her little promo where she just walks out, and walks back, and it's like okay, I guess we're still doing that. So. After that, Triple H comes out and does a segment where he boohoo's over Batista beating up a 70-year-old man. Ah, uh, whatever. And then he tries to get emotional. And uh, just... I would, it was I would, a real promo, basically. Well, he was trying to make it into, a, a, like, real life. Like, this is me. This isn't the character. Yet, he was still being the char- character. So, I just... I wish he would just come out for once and just say, hey, look, I'm Triple H. I need my yearly WrestleMania match. I don't need a reason why. I just do it because I want to do it. And I'll be like, cool. I'm, I'm on board with that. But uh, Batista is supposed to be, I think, this Monday he's supposed to be on Raw. But I don't know. Uh, we'll see what happens there. I'm not really sure what they're going to do. And if that wasn't a dry enough segment, right after that, Stephanie McMahon comes out and addresses the whole Ronda Rousey and Charlotte and Becky thing and basically says, oh, hey, guess what? We're going to have a match at Fastlane. And then, long story short, 
it's obvious Becky's going to win, and then it's going to be Charlotte Becky and Ronda Rousey at WrestleMania. So, I, we could. I would like to point out that seven years ago, um, in a promo with CM Punk, Punk delivered that same exact line. This is a uh, Phil Brooks talking to Paul Levesque. Uh huh. I just a little something from the memory bag. Yeah, I just. And as far as the, the Becky, Charlotte, Rhonda thing, uh, at this point, I want Charlotte to win at Fastlane and just be Charlotte versus uh, Rhonda at WrestleMania. And then Charlotte will take the belt, and then Becky can get the belt later. <clears throat> yeah, because she didn't need to be in the storyline in the first place. She adds nothing to it. Not really. So, and I uh, love the whole... Uh, Trying to That's not what's going to happen. Rousey but, the heel now. And she delivered a wrestling's not real promo too. They they really went hard with that this week. They did, but it they picked the wrong person to try to sell that this is real. No. I will say this though, screw the woo was a good line. Oh yeah, screw the woo that was a good line. But for her to Suddenly, be like, "Oh, no more Miss." What's she say, Mrs. Nice Bitch or whatever? I'm gonna kick everyone's ass. It was just, <sighs> she's got a way to go. But you know what? She's ready to have some kids. She announced so. WrestleMania would be a good time for her to drop that belt and go do her thing. And if she wants to come back later, I'm, hey, I support it. I think she's a good wrestler. I just think her mic skills. So, Let me just add. The problem with this storyline for me really has nothing to do with Rhonda. Her limitations in the microphone, none of that. It's it's just that it didn't need Charlotte, and that's what's pissing me off. And I have nothing against Charlotte either. I think she's a very good performer. But Becky versus Rhonda was a compelling matchup all on its own. Correct. Correct. But they need to <clears throat> Sorry, they go. They're really they're really trying to turn Rhonda heel and really try to show her off and make her seem a lot better than she really is. So, Well, I think the biggest problem is they didn't want to do Charlotte versus Oscar two years in a row at WrestleMania. So, Yeah, but they've really like brought Oscar down too. Oscar, it... She yeah, she's finally showing up as important as she used to be. <laughs> she's finally showing up on TV again though, so there's that. Mm-hmm. I guess. Well, after and we're talking about, oh, go ahead. about SmackDown uh-huh. on Raw. No. Although, yeah, we'll get to that on SmackDown as well. I don't know why Becky and Charlotte are still appearing on SmackDown, which we'll get to later. Well, we're getting closer to WrestleMania, so they're really just trying to hype it up. That's what they're doing, I think. But they're both going for the Raw title, so. Right, so going for the Raw title, being on SmackDown, don't make much sense unless you have a SmackDown Women's Champion that no one really cares about right now. Wink, wink. But that they would care about her if they gave her something to do, not losing to Mandy and Rose. <laughs> well, and I, I bleeped myself right there. I want the record to stay. <laughs> well, after the whole Becky and Charlotte promo thing that Stephanie cut, um, they did the little heavy machinery segment, which I found quite entertaining, where they did a little backstage uh, interview where they said, oh, earlier we filmed uh, these other wrestlers talking smack about you guys. And then when they got done, Otis looks up at uh, 
Tucker and is like, oh, he hurt my feelings. So they did a gauntlet tag team match. Um, I got to say, there were some interesting moves during that match that I really enjoyed. And they won the gauntlet match, so they beat everybody up that was making fun of them. It ended up being Heavy Machinery versus the B-Team versus Ryder and Hawkins versus the Ascension. What what were your thoughts on that match? Well, first and foremost, uh, Heavy Machinery could be a very solid babyface tag team. Uh-huh. Uh, the, the makeup's all there. I mean, the match, a gauntlet match like that, the, the pins happen quick. You know, it's got to fit on the TV, so... There's not really much to say there, although I guess Ryder and Hawkins are heels now. Right. Uh, uh, That makes sense out of nowhere, but but okay. But it was a nice showcase for what they could do. I mean, they're not five-star ring generals by any stretch of the imagination, but... But something I will give them, though, is one, one problem I have while I'm critiquing different wrestling moves is the speed. Most people set moves up like... I hate it when someone gets on the top turnbuckle like they're getting ready to jump and then the guy's acting like he's all staggered. But then they stand up there for like 10 seconds and the guy just stands there all staggered. Now you need to get up on that top turnbuckle and jump. You know what I mean? Well, Heavy Machinery did this move. uh, I believe it was Tucker who did it where he threw Bo Dallas into Curtis Axel's arm and Curtis Axel caught Bo Dallas's head and about the moment he catches his head, uh, Tucker clotheslines him, causing him to DDT Bo Dallas, and I, that was a sweet move. I really liked that. Then and that, uh, Otis Lake did a pop-up, like, just a pop-up slam, but he did it so fast, it was just beautiful, so kudos to those guys. Yeah, it was like a, a lifting world's strongest slam. Mm-hmm. That was really innovative. I, I like that. Yeah, that's exactly what it reminded me of, and it, and it was fast, though. It wasn't like they threw him up in the air, he caught him, he walked around and then just slammed. No, he threw him up in the air and like caught him, slammed. Did it fast and it made it more legit as far as I'm concerned. And I'll say this about Otis. Um, I'm a I'm a portly fellow myself. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's got one of the weirdest body shapes of any human being I've ever seen. Uh, Dude's got a neck and no neck at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> he's like a little tank. And... Right. It's, it's almost like, because he's got an elongated neck. It's not like he's got nothing at all, but it, it's like exactly like equal to the size of his head. It's just, <laughs> it's like just a big mound up there. Uh, and I, I don't know what they'll do with them. Their track record with a uh, tag team call-ups as of late is not great. Per se, I mean, look at the Ascension. We've talked about them ad nauseum, you know. Hey, but I'll, I'll tell you something though that, that I they mentioned that I didn't even think about. That I really, uh, we we talked about the Ascension, how they've been trying to for the longest time get like uh, a uh, Road Warriors style group for years, and they've not been able to really achieve that. But then I heard somebody use the term for Tucker Notice. They said, "Oh, it reminds them of the Bushwhackers." I was like, "Oh my gosh." Heck yes, that's that's like a modern bushwhackers. I think that's a great description of them. Yeah, well, they even did a little bushwhacker stomp around the ring with the, the arms and stuff. So that's, hey, I'm down with that. Um, <clears throat> they, I think it's Bushwhacker Luke has one of the fastest eliminations in Royal Rumble history. Oh, really? He came in, got tossed over, and did his little 
huh. walks into the back, right to the back. <laughs> Didn't to me. That'd be interesting. I'll have to look that up on the network sometime. Well, Tori Wilson has been named the third member of the Hall of Fame. So we have DX going in, Honky Tonk Man, and Tori Wilson. So I haven't heard anything else yet, but as of right now, that, that was announced shortly after that Otis and Tucker match that Tori Wilson is officially going into the Hall of Fame this year. I actually got to see her wrestle back in 2001 at No Mercy in St. Louis. Um, it was her versus Stacy Keebler. I never thought Tori was that good of a wrestler, but then again, they didn't hire her for her wrestling abilities, if you know what I mean. Yeah, you just got to look at it in the time frame where she was in. I mean, the only real workers they had at that time were, you know, Jacqueline. Right. Uh, Trish Stratus was just becoming a good worker at that point. Right. And uh, Lita. And they, so, well, they're mainly doing the Trish and the Lita angle. They had a couple others that were around during that time that were actually good. Uh, Mickey James, Molly Holly um, were a couple that were in there. Ivory might have been in there for that moment there too as well. But they brought oh, Stacy Keebler and Tori Wilson for the sex appeal on that. And, uh, Tori wasn't a bad wrestler, but I guess she was enough to get her in the Hall of Fame. So congratulations to Tori Wilson, I guess. That's a long time before Mickey James. I, I want to say she didn't come in until like 04, 05, if I had to guess. Hmm. I could have sworn she was around the same time, but, you know, that it could be possible. I'll have to verify that. Well, her, I could have sworn Mickey James was in there during that time. Her first storyline was the lesbian stalker angle at Trish Stratus, which I remember for, for reasons that well, I don't, thought, we don't I need to I thought that was around the uh, – Maybe, maybe that was after Tori Wilson. Huh. Well, I, I think she was in at the same time as Tori, but I it, it wasn't that early, I don't think. Because um, 2001, No Mercy, that would have still been right in the middle of the invasion angle. So. Well, after uh, they made the Hall of Fame announcement, the stage goes dark, the ring goes dark, and out comes Elias. And I want to tell you something. I have not seen a wrestler get that much legit heat in a long time. That is special. Did you see how mad Elias had Philadelphia? <laughs> oh, well, Philly's talking some garbage. Philly's a hot wrestling crowd anyway, so. Well, uh, He's hitting some low blows with the, you know, not being able to get the Stanley Cup and your your kids don't have a chance. And I was like, oh, man, he is talking some mad smack. So uh, he, he should have taken it a step further and talk shit about ECW. That would have really got people going. Well, they, they were. And then to, to the, the icing on the cake is he had a match with Dean Ambrose immediately after where he actually beat Dean Ambrose. And I made another note down here where I believe it was Dean doing the move. Suicide dive. God, I just wish he had stopped doing that stupid move. That in, there are a lot of, unless you're a big guy, like, I don't know. Some, wrestler, some, some, uh, well, 
there's a a certain wrestler on SmackDown that did a suicide dive that I really did like, and it was done right for once. Um, you might know him by the name of Samoa Joe. <laughs> and when he yeah, did I'll... that move, he 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 like devastated the wrestler that he hit. I don't know. Maybe it was the style at which he did it or uh, how fast he was going. I did uh, talk to Scott Steiner about it earlier, and I asked him uh, why he thought he actually did so much damage. And uh, he uh, told me I could say this, um, or actually I recorded him, and he gave me permission, so here we go. This is Scott Steiner's thought on it. He's fat! So, there you go. Thanks, Scott. Yeah. He, uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Anyways, we'll get to that match. Um, cause we're just about done with raw. Cause after Elias and Ambrose had their match and Elias came up with the win, it was a solid match. Um, I, I'm uh, one thing that's got to go. If Dean Ambrose is leaving, then so be it. But if he sticks around, they got to drop this lunatic fringe crap. Cause it ain't selling to no one. Well, there's actually more rumors this week that he would be sticking around now. So, well, if he sticks <laughs> around, it, it, you can't sell crazy and not be crazy. You know what I mean? He he's a smart ass. He's sarcastic. He 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 acts a little like off, <clears throat> but he's not the lunatic fringe. He's just insane. No, he's bored. He's smart. <laughs> he's you know, whatever. So, after that match, The Shield ends up uh, reuniting because they, uh, Corbin, McIntyre, Lashley comes out and, you know, The Shield reunites, yay, good for them. They're all going to have a matchup fast lane now, so, congratulations. We're on the fast lane to WrestleMania. Say what? I said we're on the fast lane to WrestleMania. Predictable lane, unfortunately. And you always got to get branding in that. <laughs> I don't know. Speaking of predictable, oh. Sasha and Tamina had a match, and uh, <clears throat> Tamina won this round against Sasha. So I, I saw that one coming a mile away. But I will say this: that match, Tamina actually did very well. She stepped up her game, as far as I'm concerned. She seemed pretty. Oh. Uh, aggressive and pretty legit and uh she did a super kick to sasha which ended that match and it was a overall it was a clean match so you know they gave bailey a win they gave sasha a loss which at least it was that way because lately it's been bailey loses and sasha wins so they kind of flipped that going in the fast lane good for them uh, um <laughs> to me it's not a good worker but let's uh, I'm going to be completely honest there. Nothing against her. Uh-huh. She's just not good. I I read someone one day was uh, saying she needs to get rid of the Samoan drop. And I'm like, that's like 50% of her entire arsenal right there. No joke. And that's a move that anybody can pull off. No, she don't need to get rid of the Samoan drop. No, 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 no. The super kick. Maybe. Like, well, she's basically the Samoan drop and the big splash. That's, that's to me. And there's nothing wrong with that. Jerry Lawler, he's existed for seventy years, basically just throwing a punch and a pile driver. Well, you know, let's let you can you can name several names that just have a few main main moves. I mean, 
heck, even Hogan, he he had very very few moves. And so, yeah, it was a, it wasn't a bad match though, and I was impressed by Tamina actually getting more aggressive and actually making her look more devastating. So, well, it helps being in there with Sasha too, who is. I think right up there with Becky, Becky Bailey and Sasha are probably the three best workers in the women's division. I, I know a lot of people say Charlotte. I don't hate Charlotte. I don't think she's in that upper tier of workers. Um, she's just a step below. Uh-huh. And they call them the four horsewomen for a reason. Um, I just take over that Charlotte trying to act like she's running that though. Do what? I just hated how Charlotte's like, oh, I'm the leader of the Four Horsewomen. It's like, uh, can we just not do everything that Daddy did, please? <laughs> well, if she did everything that Daddy did, she would be coming out to the ring with some ladies she took to Space Mountain the night before. It's, no. it's only a matter of time, man. It's only a matter of time. <laughs> that, uh, that would be funny, at least. Well, after the, the, the final... Almost the final match was the Revival versus Ricochet and Aleister Black for the titles. Uh, They didn't even get the match really going because Bobby Roode and Chad Gable came out, started fighting, um, attacking the Revival. Everybody's attacking each other. They disqualified the match. Um, So, obviously, you're going to see that come about soon you'll probably that'll probably be a wrestlemania it wouldn't surprise me if they did three-way tag match at wrestlemania it's actually getting ready to, i'm watching fast lane as we record uh-huh. it's happening right actually okay so we we'll get into that i'll watch uh i'll watch fast lane tonight or tomorrow morning and then we'll record another uh reaction to fast lane so i'll do two episodes back to back the very last that'll- thing on raw was Stephanie coming back out, blah, blah, blah. Charlotte, Becky, Ronda Rousey, they're all just talking smack to each other. And that's when Ronda Rousey snaps with her promo about screw the woo and to hell with the man and blah, blah, blah. Um, All right. It's set up. So it is what it is. I just found it more humorous that the days following Ronda Rousey went to social media just smack talking you know, WWE and how she's going to do what she wants, trying to sell how much a heel she really is. Screw the fans. Yeah, Rhonda, I, I believe you. Really, I do. I will say this. I have enjoyed a lot of the memes that came out of that, though. Yeah, I haven't seen any. Have there been some good ones? Oh, man, there's there's all... Well, the whole point of it was her to act like she's telling all these secrets, like this kayfabe, breaking kayfabe. So, like, one meme that i seen was... Her looking at the camera saying, by the way, Jason Jordan isn't Kurt Angle's son. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's memes like that. That's like, oh, really? Thanks, Rhonda. You really cracked that one wide open. Now she's on the case. Yep. Okay, so SmackDown. Um, I got to say it was one of the most enjoyable SmackDowns or even wrestling uh, shows that I have seen in a long time. I enjoyed the show through and through. And uh, I just couldn't wait to talk about SmackDown because there was actually quite a bit of things that happened. The opening promo with Kevin Owens and Daniel Bryan was magic. But Kevin was really good with his promos anyway, so what do you expect? 
I have one quick thing to say before we go any further on SmackDown. Okay, okay, go ahead, go ahead. It, it was National Pancake Day. How can you not have the new day on SmackDown on National Pancake Day? Because that was bad logistics. Maybe they're trying to start to separate Kofi from the pack. Well, they were on their tour of India, I guess, but well, still. They were in India doing a, a tour, a promotional tour. Yeah, and uh, I mean... That's their thing. They're the pancake guys. Uh, I don't know. It did make me kind of want pancakes, so. <laughs> what did you I think kinda... about uh, Kevin Owens getting all up? At, I'll tell you what. When he looked up at, at Rowan and said, we have a problem, Redwood. <laughs> <laughs> what, well, what Kevin, he's Kevin very. Owens, I... He's so natural. He just flows. When he when he pops off, it just he just flows, and I love it. He's very underrated on the microphone. He really is. Um, I, I, I'm not the biggest Eric Rowan fan. I, I will throw that out there right off the bat. So it was good that he was out there with Brian, who helped carry the promo okay. along with Owens, you know. You had them doing the Wyatt family thing, and unfortunately he got pigeonholed into – he had to be this said character. It's the same way with Luke Harper. And they had literally nothing to do with them. They both are very skilled wrestlers. They both are good on the mic, but they had nothing to do with them. So pairing him with Daniel Bryan is going to get him more airtime and more notice than almost maybe anything in his whole career. But you know what, though? Braun Strowman was in the Wyatt family as well. Heck, Daniel Bryan was in the Wyatt family for a bit. Mm-hmm. And... You know, they didn't get shoehorned, yeah, I guess. But they they were able to break out on their own. Eric Rowan by himself ain't going nowhere. So He is a big dude, though. I will give him – well, I get, all these guys are big dudes, really. Well, the hit, Some of them only look small when they're up next to other really giant dudes. Well, Rowan's little face palm slam thing he does, that's a, that's a pretty good move. I, I like that version of a choke slam. I really do. Well, after that promo, there was a match between the Uso versus the, uh, I, as I labeled him, the Mizmans. <laughs> I think they're calling themselves the McMizzes. The McMizzes. They're going to get a cease and desist from McDonald's at some point. Possibly. <clears throat> Possibly. Well, they won that match. It wasn't that impressive. So... Um, skull crushing finale and, uh, Shane took out Jimmy Uso for the finish. It was just, uh, eh, I mean, it was very strategic, but I wasn't that, that impressed with it. But then again, I was more conflicted with, do I just not like what they're doing? Or is it the fact that I don't like the Usos? Um, I actually, I can't remember them ever wrestling in singles matches before. I can't remember the last Uso single match I can. It's escaping me. And maybe it happens more than I think. I just don't remember it. So who knows? Yeah, well, I'm sure the Uso penitentiary crap is going to be around for a long time. And it, it's something that needs to go the way of the dinosaur and the diva belt, as far as I'm concerned. So, but. Well, the Uso. Very good in the ring and on the microphone. Um, 
maybe some character tweaks here and there, but you but they've already. I'm, t- I'm sorry, man. You just can't sell me that the Usos are hardcore thugs whenever they were dressed up as Polynesian warriors. Like you, you can't just change your mind and say, "Oh, actually, they, they're they're really not just you know Polynesian warriors. They're actually hardcore street thugs from Chicago." No, no, you're not. You you you, you don't change your outfit. I mean. As far as I'm concerned, there's very few people that can do that and get away with it. And unless you, uh, your name rhymes with The Undertaker, it ain't going to happen. Well, you got to remember, Kane was uh, Jerry Lawler's dentist at one point. And fake diesel. Um, However, with each they don't acknowledge that. them, he was reinvented. <clears throat> yeah, that's true. They don't re- recognize that as being Kane. Right. But still, they don't recognize him as being Ivan Yankum. They don't don't recognize, you know, it was completely a different character. If the Usos were maybe wrestling under a mask, and they were wrestling singles or different characters, okay, maybe maybe we can work with that. But you can't have the Usos version one and the Usos version two be polar opposites and make it believable. But, you know, hey, I, I, as with anything, I've spent way too much time on the Usos, so I'm going to move <laughs> on because I could talk about them for a while and bash them. So they, they are good wrestlers. I, I'll throw some positivity out in the world there. They, they, they do some good matches, and I do like their Samoan drop because it's, uh, it's so fast how, it, how they throw it down. So, yeah, I do like that. But the bigger match, the one that – you kind of predicted in a way that I really am glad they're doing it. Um, it was the United States Championship match. Our truth came out and did his John Cena thing, open challenge, and Andrade Cien Almos, uh, Rey Mysterio came out, Samoa Joe came out, and they had a four way match for the title. Oh, before that, too, by the way. As soon as he asked for someone to come out, Lacey Evans came out, and our truth was like, "Okay, guess I don't got to fight now." So <laughs> at least that the Lacey Evans thing got spiced up just a little bit because, uh, you know, our truth made it made it funny for the most part. His promo before was great overall, oh, yeah. listing all the ways actually could see John Cena. I <laughs> 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 yeah, I, and you called- I, I did. I did like it, and and. I had a feeling, though, that things were going to go a certain way whenever R-Truth was like, man, I'm tired of doing this. I'm like, you've only defended it twice. <laughs> so, Calling John Cena his uh, childhood hero was great, too, because I'm pretty sure R-Truth's got about 15 years on Cena. Uh. <laughs> well, that match was actually a really, really good match, and Samoa Joe did this amazing suicide dive, and... I really am glad that he won the championship because if anybody deserves it, it's Samoa Joe. He's fat! Well, yeah, that's beside the point, Scott. I understand. Um, But still, he deserves it. He did a good job. Well, he's... (laughs) Samoa Joe's one of those guys that should just be a monster. And you don't have to have a title necessarily, but he's come up short every time he's went for a belt. Or a championship. I can't remember which one Vince doesn't like it to be called. But he doesn't have any power over me, so I'm going to call it a belt. Uh, 
and he can't just keep losing those championship matches. So it was nice to see. Although I guess in a way, a fatal four way would be a good way to have him lose without actually losing. So, and he did put the roster on notice after the fact. Oh, absolutely. And if anybody, I think that would be the perfect way to build him up though, because he could do an open challenge each week. I I think he needs to, but we'll see because he may not do the open challenge. He may just say it's my belt now. So screw you all. But I think if Samoa Joe did an open challenge each week, he could defend that belt a hundred times before he has to drop it. And I think that would build him into a stronger wrestler. That, that's just my opinion, though. Oh, I agree. What I really want them to do, mm-hmm. I think each brand should have a television championship that gets defended every week on TV. And that way you could build up the IC and U.S. titles without having to do a weekly open challenge. Um, hmm. we, we haven't had a TV title since like 2000 <clears throat> in WCW, I don't think. Actually, oh. what would be cool is if they did a TV title, but it's just one title that hops both shows. So no, that could you, you started out on Raw, and whoever wins it has to go to SmackDown and defend it. And That'd be a lot of travel for one guy, though. Yeah, I'll bet. It, Think about that. They could, they could, if they want to keep it on one guy, you know, they they could do it. They could. The WCW, their their TV title, the storyline was it. It was defended every show, no matter what. And I, I think it had like a ten minute time limit. It's been a. You'd probably remember that better than me, uh-huh. uh, because you watched. You were apparently a WCW guy. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm uh, WCW. I'm not ashamed. I was all about the, the the people's champion, and and uh, yeah, I I was there during the NWO era, all versions. Do you know what? You know what's weird? I watched more WCW pay per views in that time frame than I did WWE, WWE, WWEF. Right. Uh, I had a buddy. Uh, I, I I don't know if we're gonna name drop on this show, but. You, you know who I'm talking about. He was a big WCW fan. Right. Uh, and we'd go over there and watch him. Might might have been the same buddy that I, I watched a couple pay-per-views at, too, matter of fact. I was, Out in the country? I, uh, no, this one was at the edge of town, but uh, <clears throat> he... Uh, trying to think For those aren't, that aren't aware, we live in a very rural town, or we're both from a very rural town. What, what do we have, so, 650 people, the population of this town? Yeah, yeah, and I actually lived in the suburbs. So we both lived in the suburbs, actually. Yeah, actually. And by suburbs, I, use, I tell people a lot when I when I go out. I tell them I was in the top. I graduated in the top twenty in my class. <laughs> and they're all like, "Oh, that's pretty. That was pretty good." Or like, I think I graduated with like twenty six kids. So, we had fifteen. So. <laughs> yeah. So I, I love I, small towns. Yeah. <laughs> Well, after that match where Samoa Joe wins that title, um, Aleister Black and Ricochet uh, went against the bar. The bar, it was a it was a clean pin match where Aleister Black and Ricochet won. Really, I don't remember anything that really stood out about that match other than it was just a a quick, uh, I don't want to call it a squash match, but it kind of was a squash match. It was, and I, I don't get why they're doing that with the bar now either. I mean, it makes no sense. 
right? So, <coughs> um, let's see. What do we got after that? Um, oh, that's right. During that match, uh, Shinsuke Nakamura and Rusev comes out and starts beating up on Black and Ricochet. And then, this is when it gets interesting, the Hardy Boys came out. So Matt Hardy came out along with Jeff Hardy, and he had his hair all slicked back, and he was wearing his old Attitude Era-style clothing, and I was like, holy crap. And he was acting like Matt Hardy, not broken Matt Hardy. So, man, yeah, if they, if they I don't think they're doing that, right. I'll really be a mark, man. I'm telling you, I love me some Hardy Boys. Yeah, I don't think they're doing the broken thing anymore. Um, I, I got that impression when they came back a couple weeks ago that Matt really looked like he was back to his old self. I don't even think he has a little streak in his hair anymore. He did. He, he had, a, he had the streak in his hair. Does he? I didn't remember. He had it all like, you know, all slicked back and down like he, he used to. So I was, man, I was geeking out a little bit. I'm not gonna lie. I was really enjoying what I was seeing. And the Hardy boys comes out and saves the black and ricochet from Shinsuke and Rusev, which is another odd pairing, but whatever. They got to do something, I guess. So, um, I just hope that the, the broken Matt Hardy or the, excuse me, the woken Matt Hardy is done for now, but you never know. No, you know, now after that, they did a match with Mandy Rose versus Naomi clean pin by Mandy Squash. Rose. And that was kind of a man. Naomi's, I, I'm not like saying I'm a Naomi fan because I'm really not, but man, she's got a great gimmick. She's a good wrestler. She's got great mic skills. I just hate to see her getting squashed. So. Well, we'll always have her doing that uh, springboard missile stink face at the Royal Rumble, at least. So, man, I'm telling like, you, when she was the women's champion. That LED belt she had—that was one of the coolest belts I've seen in years. I just, yeah, yeah. I'd kind of forgot about that till you mentioned it just now. Oh, I, thought, well, I don't have a problem with Naomi. She's a homegrown talent too. Well, it looks like they're going to be pushing Mandy Rose for a while now too, though. So we'll see what yeah. happens with that. She took on Oscar uh, Fastlane, which we'll talk about tomorrow. Well, after um, Mandy was walking up the ramp with Sonya Deville, Oscar comes out and beats him up both up. Whatever, she's mad because she beat Oscar last week. So, yeah, she kind of a, appeared out of nowhere behind him, like the chick from the ring. I thought that too. Actually, when I saw that, I was like, "Ooh, that's very like ring like." Uh, that was that was kind of creepy. After that, uh, the main event was Kevin Owens versus Rowan, and they got disqualified right out the get go. Like they were fighting and. Um, Rowan got the disqualification and they were beating the hell out of Kevin Owens when suddenly Mustafa Ali shows up. I totally <laughs> forgot about him. He is so small compared to all those other guys. Even Daniel Bryan. <laughs> well, but, but he he is a good uh he's a good Oh, I like this puppy like boy. That's not where I was meaning going with that. I just you forget about him and you hadn't seen him for a while i forgot just how small he was <laughs> yeah, they, were, they were marking him up to where he would uh he was going to be a force to be reckoned with and then he got well, he was, and then 
then that's when they brought in Kofi, and then the world just blew up over Kofi. Yeah, he was feuding with Joe. He was going to be in the the six man match, and um, he's a. Have you seen any of his stuff outside, like his interviews and stuff? He's just a genuinely awesome guy. I mean, he's a great guy. uh, Clips, like little videos he's taken before, and he seems very down to earth. And uh, being from Chicago, he seems like he's just pretty, uh, pretty normal. I mean, I, I, uh, I enjoy watching him wrestle. I think he's got a good character, and I'm looking forward to see what he does in the future. Are you saying people from Chicago aren't normally normal? Is that where you're going with that? I wouldn't say that. I just happen to work in a business that's full of a lot of Chicagoans. So uh, the type of Chicago crowd that I'm generally around is not like Mustafa Ali. I'll just put it that way. (laughs) Whenever I talk to record, I got married in Chicago. I went to boot camp in Chicago. Uh, maybe uh, the Dark Knight, Ferris Bueller. I could just name a dozen other movies. Chicago's a legit place, so I'm not knocking on Chicago. I forgot you were a seaman at one point. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. If you really want to be technical, though, it would have been CM3. Well, <laughs> I, I, I was an army guy, so I, I don't know what any of that means. Construction mechanic, third. Oh, All right. nice. So, what was that E-scale, like an E-5? Uh, that was an E-4. E-4? Yep. Petty officer for class. I gotcha. Yep. So I basically graduated from taking out the trash to, like, pointing to the guy to take out the trash <laughs> that I just swept the floor up with. So... Nice. I was in the army, so we just uh, we didn't have any of those fancy nomenclatures. <laughs> well, I enjoyed it while I was in there. I know that much, so I miss it sometimes. I'm not gonna lie. Did you guys do PT every morning? Shoot, no. We're, we're the Navy, man. We ain't do no PT. That's crazy talk. Nah, I joined the wrong service out of high school. <sighs> I did. I did uh, we did do PT several days a week, though, when I was uh, definitely in training. And of course, if uh, I would have been deployed, it'd been another story. But um, in general, no, we didn't do PT every morning. We did PT when we were deployed. <laughs> nice. All right. Well, let's move it on to two hundred five live because these next uh, three shows are actually going to go rather quick because there's really wasn't that much special about about them. At least I didn't think there was. Two hundred five. Um, oh, actually, I digress. I actually owe 205 an apology because the very first match was Humberto Carrillo, 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 Carrillo whatever. Humberto Carrillo. 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 However the heck you say his name. I'm just going to stick it with Humberto. I can say that. Versus Oni Lorcan. That's my guy right there. Well, let me tell you, those chops that he was doing to Humberto were savage. Oh, my gosh, he was bleeding. It was amazing. He's just such a joy to watch in the ring. He really is. Well, um, I'm definitely um, – um, I'm going to be back in some Oni Lorcan because I see him doing some awesome things with 205 Live. I wouldn't mind seeing him with the cruiserweight belt around his waist, to be honest with you. Him and uh, Buddy Murphy could have a very good match, that's for sure. I, I don't know that they're going to push him into that scene because he's 
he's still got the good tag team going with the uh, Birch, but right. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I just, I just, they need to get rid of the the whole Buddy Murphy thing because nobody even knows who Buddy Murphy is. It's just like you know, he's a placeholder right now. The Murphy's Law, though, man, that's probably my favorite finisher on the main roster right now. Really? Oh, I love the Murphy. Imagine if they did a cruiserweight uh, ladder match like they usually do for the IC belt at WrestleMania. Uh-huh. Imagine them doing that off the top of a ladder onto another ladder. Mm. It would look brutal. Well, uh, he, one can, we'll, we'll see. He might hold on to that belt a little bit longer. I don't really know. But Oni Lorcan won that match, and he deserved it very much so. I also like what Mike Kanellis did. Uh, they brought out a local boy by the name of Colby Carino. Well, I don't think any relation to Steve Carino. I doubt it. But that was a cool squash. They didn't even start the, the match. I mean, <laughs> Mike Kanellis went out and just devastated this kid, and I think that gave him a little bit of an edge of – he Mike Canellas could be a force to be reckoned with. He could be. Well, they shouldn't have gave him his wife's name for one thing. Right. Um. Uh, you know what? Two hundred five was in Philadelphia. That might have been Steve Carino's kid. Someone needs to Google that. Uh, yeah. By someone, I mean the fans. <laughs> all, yeah. all two of them right now. All the universe. Yes. <laughs> well, Mike and Ellis did oh, a no, I, job showing off on that match and, and just devastating this kid. So I, I I just think he needs to get away from Maria. That whole Maria Canellis thing is just lame. Well, she does her role as a, a heel manager very well. Uh, can't take anything away from her there. No, no, but I'm just bored with it. <laughs> And she's almost 40 and just had a kid, and she's still a total smoke show. Um, I'm just I'm just over the whole greatest love, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah. um, I don't care if I see any more of it. Um, after that, they had one other match on 205 Live, and it was Tazawa versus uh, Cedric Alexander. By the way, I... I, I call uh, their entrance music the Canellis's high school dance. I don't know what it's actually called, but it makes me want to go back to like prom every time I hear it. It kind of has a prom sound to it a little bit, yeah. Like like a uh, uh, mid mid to late nineties vibe, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> high school movie. Mm-hmm. Where where the the guy? One. Huh? I said I'll give you that one where they finally realize they've been in love the entire time by the end of the movie. Yeah. And they share dance with the spotlight on them. Yep. That, you know, uh, I think, I think we should, uh, talk to Vince and see if we can get some, uh, royalties for a movie. They, they like to put out a lot of crap movies. So why not put out one of our crap movies? You know what I mean? Or just put on a WWE prom and invite us. That would, uh, work. I, would, <laughs> I would gladly go. Well, in the final as far match, uh, leading into uh, the, um, let's see, what, what did they do? Is it a, a tournament bracket for Buddy Murphy? Is that what they're doing? Yeah, the winner will fight Buddy Murphy at WrestleMania, so, probably on the pre. So that so. was uh, Kira Tozawa versus Cedric Alexander 
and Cedric Alexander actually got the win. It was overall a good solid match. There was a lot of good moves. Um, don't really want to dog on any of it. it. It wasn't over the top. I didn't find it like the most amazing match ever, but it was solid. So, hey, good on him. Cedric actually, he seemed kind of, what's the word I'm looking for? Not off so much, but it looked, maybe it looked like he was a little under the weather or something. Is the best way to put it? He might have been. I, I He didn't have as much pep as he usually does. Well, he's, um, I don't know. He might be getting kind of bored of it too because how many times are you going to build him up just to have him not win anything? Well, I, I personally think they should move Cedric to the main roster. I mean, he's another one like Buddy Murphy who's – you kind of have to put 205 in quotation marks, air quotes. Right, right. Uh, He's a big dude. Would you put him as a singles on, on the main roster, or would you put him in a tag team? I would go singles. Um, they always need depth for the mid-card belts, and he would look believable against anybody, you know? Right. I mean, they had Mustafa Ali feuding with Samoa Joe, of all people. So, well, maybe, he's just man. Uh, what about doing a... <laughs> Him being under Titus Worldwide. Well, it's, I would take that, actually. Or, hell, team him up with uh, Apollo Crews. I guess you could put them in a tag team. That. That, I, I think athleticism, it would be a, an amazing group, but, man, Apollo, he just, he don't have that mic, mic draw. I don't know. Ugh. I don't know. He's a He's a freakish athlete, though. Oh my god! For as big as he is, he, for for his size, and he he reminds me of like a if Terry Crews and a ninja had a baby. It just <laughs> that dude is agile. Terry Crews, the most naturally nice guy in the history of the world. Oh, absolutely, hands down. I I, I actually pointed out one day that it was a we were having a discussion on who would have the friendliest babies ever, and I said Terry Crews and Anna Kendrick. Their, their children won't be unhateable. So <laughs> that's true. That's definitely true. Very odd couple, but <laughs> wouldn't be surprising though. <laughs> Moving on to NXT, we have Black and Ricochet versus Eichner and Bartell. I really like Eichner and Bartell. Actually, uh, they're kind of a cool group. Black oh, and Ricochet okay. won, and I do got to say this. You know, I've been talking all about. Alistair Black doing his black mass. But holy crap, his leg sweeps he does, man. They're savage. Well, again, that just goes back to him being so lanky, you know? He he gets a lot of reach with his legs. Is the best way to... He has the reach with his legs that most people have with their arms. But when he hits him with, like, you know, it's one thing to see, like, a fake punch or something, but when he sweeps people's legs, he knocks their legs the hell out from under him. It's like... He hits him, and it's like, bam, face on mat. So that's Going back to the European Union, too, they're they're quickly becoming one of my favorite tag teams in the entire organization. They're so fun to watch. I, I love every time they come out on NXT UK. Um, that's one thing I didn't like about – I didn't like the way they had the brackets set up for the, the cruiserweight cl- – uh, not the cruiserweight, the Dusty Rhodes Classic. Um, 
you get good matches out of it. Man, I would have liked to have seen the European Union in round two, you know? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. But we're not going to see it for now. But I don't know. We'll see. You never know what they're going to be doing with this stuff. I mean, with WrestleMania right around the corner and with, uh, oh, uh, Pritchard back at the helm, I, I can't wait to see what they're going to do. I also wrote a, uh, down that Eichner did a move where he was on the top rope and he did like a, they called it a double moonsault where he just jumped from one top rope to another top rope and then a moonsault. For a man that size, that was uh, a... <laughs> That was pretty impressive. Yeah, he's another freak athlete. Do you know he was in the first cruiserweight tournament too? Yes, and so Which, was Tony Lorcan. I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah, he was in it too, and he didn't make it through. But Oni Lorcan was in that first cruiserweight tournament. I don't know who he fought though. If it was uh, TJP, was the first person he fought? I don't remember. You know, I honestly don't know either. I don't remember. Well, after the the Ricochet and Black match, they won, which that moved them forward in the tournament bracket. So I believe, I'm trying to think, I know, um, so we got Black and Ricochet, DIY, the Forgotten Sons, and the Street Profits. Those are the four current teams in the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Championship. I really like the Street Profits, too. Oh. You know, I think I actually wrote some notes about them as well. Because after the uh, Black and uh, Ricochet match they had, the next match was the Forgotten Sons versus uh, uh, Danny Burch and Oni Lorcan. And uh, the Forgotten Sons ended up winning that match. It wasn't a bad match, but there was nothing in that match that really jumped out and that uh, that I was like, you know, amazing, or that was great, or that was a solid match. It was just... It wasn't bad, but it wasn't a squash match, which was more important. Well, Lorcan and Birch. Squash matches. Lorcan and Birch are just, they have so many good tag teams between NXT and NXT UK right now. Oh, absolutely. They're they're just, uh, it just amazes me they can't book them better on the main roster. I, I think it's, I said this last week and I'll say it again. I think it's one of the cases that, they have enough talent for two shows at the same time, not enough talent for two shows, especially when they're running 205 Live as their own separate brand, kind of. Well, 205 Live uh, just needs to get get another set of belts, either a tag team or they need to get, like I said, a TV belt or something. I think that'll make it. Well, if they're going to treat it as its own brand, let it be its own brand because they've only got like six guys on the entire roster, you know? Right. Um. <laughs> I'm watching Fastlane as we record this, and it's in the middle of the fatal four-way for the U.S. title. Yeah, well, don't ruin <laughs> it for me. I'm going to watch it yet, I swear, because I want to watch it, and then I want to cut a special, uh, it won't be no two-hour long uh, episode, but I'd just like to touch up real quick on the matches. And heck, I might even watch the kickoff show, which I never do. Oh, I didn't watch it, so I don't know what actually happened on the kickoff. Uh, um, I think the kickoff show was Rey Mysterio versus uh, Andrade. Well, they're in the part of this fatal four way right now, too. So oh. I'm not I'm not sure, so I'll have to I'll have to watch it, and then we'll definitely do another recording. 
Now, I have uh, okay. I've seen middle schoolers larger than Ray Mysterio. <laughs> I still think he's got swole, though. He is. He's big, but, man, he's just a small guy. <laughs> yeah. Now, after the Forgotten Sons pulled off the win against Birch and Lor- uh, uh, Lorcan, uh, Velveteen Green- Dream comes out and cuts a promo. I've never I, – this is one of the shortest promos that I've seen that really got me excited about a match because Velveteen Dream comes out with his North American title and is basically showing it off, and then you hear, bro, and Riddle walks out. Man, I love this Riddle character, and I love his whole California, like, bro, what's up, man? And I just love his mentality, and he came out and was like, I just wanted a closer look at the belt. Now I think I want to put it on my waist. And then Velveteen Dreams, like, cut the spotlight, click, lights go out, and the spotlight stays on him. And then he's like, <laughs> the spotlight only belongs on me. And then it ends. So it was a short promo, but it was like, damn it, that was effective, because now I cannot wait to see those two fight for that belt. That's a, a beautiful belt, by the way. I love that NXT, the North American Championship. Oh, um, well, I love how when uh, Velveteen Dream came out and he had he had a chance to challenge for the belt, and instead of going after the, the big strap from Chiampa, he's like, eh, you can keep that crap. I want the North American belt. I think that uh, spoke volumes for uh, that belt. So It's a good way to build up a secondary title. Exactly. Um, well, after the, the the Velveteen Dream cut his little promo and Riddle interrupted, uh, they had a match for uh, Mustache Mountain versus the Street Profits. Good match. I was rooting for the Street Profits. Oh, okay. No, the Street Profits are not in the final it was Mustache Mountain, so they they pulled off the win. I was rooting for the Street Profits, so I'm not going to lie; they were hitting very hard and doing some really cool moves. Well, you know, I'm a big fan of Mustache Mountain and British Strong Style as a rule, so it was hard for me to root against them. But I like the Street Profits as well. So they have a lot of natural charisma, and um, the one I feel bad because I can't remember their names off the top of my head. Um, the one guy is a, he's an athlete from way back. Right. He's got big hops and they're a fun team. I, the, the one is, uh, Blake. Cause he was the one that Blake and, uh, Oh man, I can't remember the other guy, but they're the ones who used to walk out with Alexa bliss. Well, that was buddy Murphy. Oh, was that buddy Murphy? Blake? That was buddy. Wasn't it? They're not in the street. I got it. Blake, the forgotten Blake, sons. Buddy. Okay, okay. You're thinking of the Forgotten Sons right there, not the Street Profits. Oh, yep, 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 yep. My apologies. I'm, I'm all over the place right now. <laughs> street yep, that was a... I, I like I like their gimmick, though, man. It, it's one thing to try to sell a thug gimmick. And some people are just more believable than others. And the Street Profits are overall just a good gimmick. I don't even think it's that kind of gimmick. I just think it's, you know, two buddies who like to party. I take from the gimmick. That's what I feel like. I I feel like not that they're thugs. They just feel natural to me. It's like a Fresh Prince gimmick, basically. Kind of. A Will Smith and Fresh Prince gimmick. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I'm down with that 
description. Well, after that and match for Mustache Mountain won, the final match of the night was the Undisputed Era versus DIY. Obviously, DIY was going to win that one, but I liked – there was one move in particular that I got I to gotta give a shout-out to. The Undisputed Era, they had – it was called a wheelbarrow suplex, and they basically held the dude up by his feet like a wheelbarrow – and the other guy let go of him, and the other guy, like, did a back suplex to him, and it was just a really fluid movement, and it was cool. It was a good move. And that was well, NXT. Those two- there really wasn't much more that went on about it in NXT. Did they say anything about the women wrestling on NXT that week? I don't really remember. Well, since it was a show basically just dedicated to the, the Dusty Classic, there wasn't really much room for anything else, so... Right, because I don't think they really touched on any of the women wrestling on NXT. Uh, they did on NXT UK, though, which I'm, I, I'm really wanting to like NXT UK. I am. But to me, it's either, it's either a great match or uh, it's not even worth my time. And so well, far, it's really not worth my time. What do you uh, uh, break that down a little bit? Give give some more. Uh, what do you mean in there? Okay, like okay, Ligero and Joseph Connors. Um, that match, um, the first match they had. He's a mass fighter for the UK. Has like a little bull gimmick. Really, they they did a little. Uh, they tried to do a little backstory where they're fighting each other. It it was all right. It wasn't really anything special. I, I really yeah, they, reach out. They've been for a few weeks now, I guess. Right, but that's that's what I'm talking about. It's I guess they're fighting, and then the, then the next match was Stoker and Halley versus Eichner and Bartell, which Eichner and Bartell won, and those guys are just machines. And Eichner, I'm I'm telling you, I'm I'm really Bartell. I don't care so much for, but Eichner is a machine. And I, well, was, I think they complement each other very well. Oh, absolutely. Um, and, and I like the fact that they got that, like, kind of that evil German vibe. Well, they got swagger. That's a good way to put it. Yes. They're not really even heels, really. No, that's a I mean, not. They kind of play, but they don't really play it as a straight heel gimmick. And I like that, too. So... Well, they, they got a big future, I think. I, I honestly do I think. I like what that. they're doing, and I can't wait to see them actually give them a decent story run. But for now, they they won this week on NXT UK, but other than that, I it really wasn't much to that match. Then they went into the Charlie Morgan, Charlie Morgan versus Nina Samuels match. Completely boring. It was more or less a squash match. Because they're trying to build up Nina Samuels, and I just, I kept nodding off during this match. They weren't, and it wasn't that they were doing bad wrestling, it's that they were just doing boring wrestling. It was just a lot of holds and a lot of, if if I wanted to watch some people just do holds and hug each other on the mat, then I'd turn it on UFC. <laughs> so, I was just, I was bored, bored to death. So, after that match they had Travis Banks oh <laughs> I actually wrote this in my notes Travis Banks 
aka the Kiwi Buzzsaw. Did you? Oh, see, yes, from did you see Guardians of the Galaxy too? Of course. Okay. You know how like the raccoon rocket was rocket. making fun of Taser Face. Taser Face. I get yeah. up in the morning and I look in the mirror and I go Taser Face. I, I feel the same way about Kiwi Buzzsaw. Kiwi Buzzsaw. I'm like a bird, but I'm a buzzsaw. Kiwi Buzzsaw. <laughs> well, he's from New Zealand, so. <laughs> Whatever. That does make sense, him being from New Zealand. It still makes me laugh. It's it's just doesn't strike fear in the heart of anyone. And he fought Jordan Devlin, which I like Jordan Devlin, and that was a good match because they're building Jordan very- Devlin up right now. He's, oh yeah, they did a finish. That was a table. They ended up as a nose disqualification match, and Jordan Devlin put uh, Travis Banks through a table for the win. So that was overall it was, a good throw match. It it really was, and Jordan Devlin plays a very not yeah Jordan Devlin. He plays a very good heel. So I uh, man, <laughs> something good on there. I get, <laughs> it's the tag match with Sasha and Bailey. Oh, okay. Well, that, they they have this week though of of wrestling. There wasn't that. I mean, there was an up close shot of uh, Nia Jax's ass, and it made me laugh. It took up the entire camera. Uh, I'm sure that was strategically placed. <laughs> well, I don't really have. Oh, I have, else as far as my notes goes. Is there anything else about this week that stood out that? That you wanted to mention or bring up? I had a note about Tony Nese on Five Live. Tony Nese on Two Five. His voice sounds like McLovin from Superbad. It's uh, yeah. You know what? Now that you say that, I'm not going to be able to unhear that. <laughs> Christopher Mintz Plass is the actor's name, but yeah, we'll just call him McLovin for short. I'll deal with that because I actually see a lot of potential in Tony Nese as well. I do too, but. He's what was the friend's name in the Wonder Years? Ah, the classes. Oh my Dang. gosh! Um, man, I, I it's I I haven't watched the Wonder Years and it feels like a hundred years. Well, Winnie Cooper was everyone our age group's first love. So uh, his name Dan- was thanks to IMDb. That was. Let's see here. I gotta make sure I get the right his actual character name, Paul Pfeiffer. Yeah, that that's a child Tony Nese right there. He was the friend from the Wonder Years, who grew up to be jacked and like to knee people in the face. Okay, no, no, I, I get you. I'll, I'll I'll go with that. That's a yeah. that's a a very strained old school Wonder Years reference for the universe out there. <laughs> Closing thoughts. I'm going to keep this one kind of short today, um, for this week since we have fast lane going through. I figure we'll uh, close this off, this podcast, sign it off, and uh, maybe tomorrow we'll throw together uh, an additional podcast that will have uh, all the details about fast lane. And unless you got anything, you got anything else you want to add at the moment, there, Chief? 
Well, I'm looking really forward to the build to WrestleMania. It should be really more fleshed out after Fastlane. Mm-hmm. But I've watched a few of the matches already. I know you haven't. So some of the storylines are really starting to get put into place that we've seen so far. So that should be fun. Um, right. It'd be really nice if they could get a show in St. Louis here before long. A live show like Raw or SmackDown well, or a pay-per-view. Really, I always like to keep an eye out for uh, Kansas City, Missouri. Because once... Uh, an outfit runs through Kansas City, Missouri. St. Louis is usually on the path. That's a good point, too. And actually, Kansas City and Chicago are equidistant. So, And I think the 19th is the next show in St. Louis, and I'm pretty sure it's a house show. So, probably. You know what? I, you know what my opinion on house shows have always been? I know this not, might not be the popular opinion. I don't like that they give the same matches on house shows that you see on TV. That's where they should – it should be like Seth Rollins versus Callisto. But that's what you should see. Is. That, though. See, that's when they do try things every once in a while because that's how Seth Rollins actually got hurt that time the, when he blew out his uh, – uh, what was it? His yeah, quad, his, knee. his knee? Yeah, his ACL. His ACL because he was fighting Kane. At a house. It's like, why are you fighting Kane? Did, did that car come over your microphone? <laughs> yes, I was like, wow, that's a good sound effect. I didn't know you had a soundboard, too. <laughs> nope, just a guy that apparently needs a new muffler. So, All right, well, I am going to go ahead and kill this. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. If you made it this far, God bless you. Uh, look ahead uh, this upcoming week for the actual website to be up. Check out our Facebook group where we'll be making posts, uh, videos, uh, comments, and I will make sure I will post this podcast on there. And uh, there will be more information to come because if you guys can stick with us, uh, share share as much as is possible, subscribe. Once I get enough subscriptions, I'm probably going to be bringing Patreon into this. And through Patreon, if you all help me out, I get to help you out because i got a lot of contests I would like to run where you guys will be able to, every month, enter in a chance to win plenty of swag and a lot of cool stuff too. So thank you for your time. This is everybody likes swag. Yeah. Go ahead. Text, uh, close us out. Well, everybody likes swag. I really don't have any, uh, big thing to add. Thanks for listening. Universe. We'll hit you up tomorrow for fast line. All right. Thank you very much. And y'all take care. Bye. Bye. <laughs>